You're listening to Season 4, Episode Number 12 of Strike the Match. In this episode, Chris Carr is my guest. He is the director of Global Gates Canada. Canada is home to the sixth largest number of unreached people groups in the world, a statistic that few people are aware of. So in this episode, we talk about disciple-making and church planting among the UPGs in that great country. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. One of the organizations that I have been really excited about over the past several years uh, is Global Gates. Uh, I first encountered Global Gates uh, with uh, some of the guys out of New York where they uh, started. Uh, in fact, uh, I've had um, Chris and um, uh, Brad on the, the um program uh, in times past and, and, and things of that nature. And so it's been good to, to, to hear from uh, those guys out of New York. I know that if you've, if you've listened to some of our previous episodes here, you, you're aware of Global Gates and what they've done in the States. Uh, however, today we're going to turn our attention uh, to Canada. And I've been looking forward to having Chris Carr on the, the program for some time and really thankful that, that it's worked out where we could be together today to have this conversation. Uh, Chris, this is a, a, a director uh, with Global Gates. In fact, he's the director of Global Gates Canada. Uh, he served as a pastor in Oklahoma and also served uh, as a missionary in Russia with uh, the International Mission Board. And so today we're going to have a conversation talking about uh, things related to Global Gates and disciple making, church multiplication uh, in Canada. So, Chris, I am so thankful that you're here, brother. Welcome to Strike the Match. Thank you so much. It's a great honor to get to spend some time with you today. Well, hey, man. So, if I remember correctly, um, we had lunch together, uh, I don't know, was it a year or two ago uh, in Toronto? It was in August 2017. Okay, so it, it was, well, actually, I guess it was about a year ago then. That's it right. wasn't too long ago at all. Yeah. Now, tell, tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, you and your background before we get into talking about Global Gates and just kind of help bring us up to to where you are now, because that that lunch that we had, you had just uh, you had just moved to the to the Greater Toronto area. That's right. Um, I come from a strong Christian background, had a very godly family upbringing in the state of Oklahoma, and was loved on by Southern Baptists all over the state. Was educated at Oklahoma Baptist University. Had the great honor of, of pastoring several churches and being a youth pastor. You know, with a couple of churches in Oklahoma, and uh, when I had finished um, high school, I knew by then that the Lord had called me into pastoral work and to be a cross-cultural missionary, although I didn't know exactly what that would look like someday. I had become a follower of Jesus at Falls Creek. It's a huge, huge camp uh, owned by the churches through the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma in the southern part of the state. And that's where Jesus found me in August of 1977. And then about six months later, God spoke to me on a Wednesday evening in my home church, which uh, used to be Gracemont Baptist Church in East Tulsa. And uh, God just spoke to me and said, you're going to be a pastor, a preacher, and a missionary. And that was quite uh, intimidating and scary for someone who was, who was all of you know, 14, 15 years old, not understanding what that would all mean. But uh, my mom and dad were very affirming of that and, and stood with me in that. And I began to immerse myself more and more in reading Scripture and I actually began to try to start teaching myself how to read the Greek New Testament 
want, went, and went out and bought an interlinear. And so, wow, and you, you were a teenager at the time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I had such a hunger uh, to know scripture in Hebrew and Greek and just began to delve into that on my own and with youth pastors' help and other people in my home church. And, and of course, Oklahoma Baptist University helped hone a lot of things in my life. And then after I graduated uh, from uh, OBU in 1986, uh, I met uh, my wife, my future wife, at uh, Grace Mount Baptist Church in East Tulsa. And we courted for about a year, and I shared with her very early on you know, this call on my life and uh, that it would include something cross-culturally in mission, although I didn't know what that would look like, where that would be. And she said, I've, I've prayed uh, that I would be able to marry a man who would share that same call in my life. So that was a great confirmation, that we would be in ministry together. And so uh, then just doing the things we needed to do to get a little bit more education as we were pastoring, worked on a master's degree at Southwestern Seminary, and then... Began the employment process with IMB, uh, beginning in uh, late summer 1988, and uh, gained some experience, finished our degrees, and then in 1999 we moved to Russia and served there as strategy coordinators to the mega city of Ufa, and, uh, and experienced some very incredible things there, starting about five, six years into our time there, and saw some discipling movements begin to break out uh, that has borne fruit throughout the Russian, entire Russian Babushini now. So we just, we have a great legacy that God put in our lives in all those years in Russia. And then we were part of uh, the VRI process uh, several years back and came back. And, and could you could you explain to our listeners who are not familiar with the, the Southern Baptist uh, cultural context yes. that you and I are part of, uh, what, what that means? Absolutely. Uh, it was the Voluntary Retirement Incentive. IMB, at least on the business side, needed to downsize because that uh, was bleeding red ink financially, and so we were offered early retirement, and God made clear to our family we needed to accept that offer, and although we didn't understand why. We can look back now and understand why, but at the time, it was a difficult uh, period of transition in our lives, trying to figure out what does the Lord want to do in our lives now, and after waiting about a year in Oklahoma, doing different things, pulpit supply, working some part-time jobs, uh, out of nowhere, through Facebook, some former IMD colleagues reached out to us and said, we're serving with Global Gates in the States and uh, down in the state of Texas. Uh, we know you guys are seeking God's will. Can we talk to you about this? And so that led to a phone call and then to another phone call with a guy named Kevin Greeson that some of some of the listeners may know. He's a former IMD colleague and a friend of mine. And then that led to a, to a phone call with David Garrison, one of uh, IMB's former associate vice presidents and also a previous friend of ours through IMD work. And Things moved very quickly, and within a space of five weeks from the first time we were contacted to being approved by the board of directors and being hired, um, we were then on board by the end of January last year to lead Global Gates Canada and begin raising our support, traveling anywhere and everywhere where we could cast the Global Gates Canada vision. And so in a nutshell, that's that's a lot of the journey right there. And and so when, when we had a chance to have lunch uh, a year ago, in Toronto, you and your family uh, had just moved. Was was it from Oklahoma? Actually, when when we had lunch, uh, Eileen and I had flown up for about a week on kind of a vision trip to try to find a house and open bank accounts, get connected to a few key people. And so that's that's when we met you. You were coming through, I believe, with your family at the time. 
and uh, we had, I think we had some South Asian food, if I remember right. That, that was the context, trying to get, get, get our foot in the door logistically on certain things. And God did some miraculous things during that week uh, that are still bearing fruit even now, over a year later. So, so l- let's talk a little bit about uh, Global Gates. And uh, for those that aren't familiar with Global Gates, you know, what, what, what's Global Gates all about? I, I gave it just a br- brief snippet of the uh, of its birth out of uh, out of uh, New York. Um, but yeah. but what can you tell us about G- Global Gates that can help paint the picture for our listeners? Sure. Um, Global Gates' vision is to reach the ends of the earth through Global Gateway cities. And gateway is the key term in the sense of diaspora peoples that have been scattered out of their homeland, out of their, their country of origin. And whether they're immigrants or they're refugees, they have come into other places. Uh, big metro areas, for example, like the greater Toronto area or a New York City or a Miami, a uh, San Francisco Bay area, where they're coming in, they're encountering Christ in, in, in context in which they don't have to be afraid about hearing the gospel or being associated with Christians. It's easier to, to be open because of free press, freedom of religion, freedom of movement, all those kind of things that we have in North America. And then as they are embraced by Jesus and they embrace Jesus in return and are being discipled, they are going through their social networks, through business contacts, through travel, through vacation, maybe even diplomacy. We know some believers here in greater Toronto area that uh, are involved in diplomacy back uh, to their home country, their home turf. So they're taking their faith back out of the gateway area, back to where they've come from. So it's this emerging network. It's, it's for, for us, for Eileen and I, it's a fairly new mission model that we had seen in Europe with IMB work, but we really hadn't been aware of these gateway city, gateway metro dynamics. And so we're seeing that kind of thing here in the greater Toronto area, in Vancouver, in Winnipeg, in, in uh, the province of um, Alberta, Edmonton. Uh, just all over Canada, where there's just been this max, massive influx of immigrants and refugees, especially here in Canada, which is very inviting, very open toward people coming in that are very different than if I could just say it's white Canadians that were born and grew up here. And so that vision really captured our heart when we were being interviewed and then hired. And so that's that new mission model that's emerging. And, it, and for me, it goes scripturally back to Acts 17, where Paul, we read where Paul's in Athens. Our family's been in Athens twice with prior IMB work, and we've actually been to the Areopagus or Mars Hill, depending on which translation the person is reading. And we never dreamed that we would wind up in Canada seeing that kind of vision being birthed. Uh, right in front of us to where God has appointed those allotted times and boundaries of the movements of the people groups so that they would perhaps reach out and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. And so that that is what pumps me and primes me and is passionate for me in my life is to say, you know, Lord, I'm ready to pour out the next 10, 15, 20 years of good health and hopefully clear mind to seeing that vision become reality. And the ultimate vision is Revelation 7, 9, and 10, where we see individuals from all the tribes and tongues and clans and families and people groups before the Lamb of God. 
And so we get to be a part of affecting the salvation history of the diaspora people within the greater Toronto area. We get to help see that come true. So I, I know in the States, uh, Global Gates uh, has work going on in New York, uh, San Francisco. Am I correct in the D.C. area? That's right. That's right. Um, and so, and there may be other places that, that I'm, um, I'm failing to recall to mind at this point in time. But, but you were the, if I'm not mistaken, you were the first, you and your wife, in, in all of Canada. Is that correct? We were the first family to actually start serving with Global Gates Canada. We actually have two colleagues serving with us that are Canadian citizens. And they had moved here, one in January last year, and then the other moved here in early June and actually preceded us. And, and so our team right now is starting to gel uh, because of, of the proximity we have now with each other. So, so the desire in the future is not only for more uh, workers, even possibly more uh, church planning, disciple-making teams in, in the greater Toronto area, but in other cities across the country as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I already mentioned, I believe, Vancouver and Edmonton and Winnipeg and Saskatoon, Calgary, Cochrane, uh, Ottawa, Montreal, Quebec City, Halifax, uh, on and on and on. We see very similar diaspora immigrant refugee uh, dynamics at work, but it's uh, it's just explosive here, Greater Toronto area, where we have uh, in this whole area called the Golden Horseshoe, which wraps around the southwest end of Lake Ontario, we have between 8 and 9 million people living here. That's, that's uh, right about a quarter of the entire population for all of the country of Canada. You know, I, I think that most people that are listening and, and just most believers in general do, do not recognize, uh, first of all, the ethnic diversity in Canada, and, and then second of all, um, the amount of unreached people groups in Canada. Uh, a, f a few years ago when I was doing my research for uh, Strangers Next Door, the, the, when that book came out, um, I, I've kind of been keeping up with the number of estimated unreached people groups in, in the country of Canada. And, and as of last year, uh, Canada stands at number six. So, I mean, of all the countries in the world, Canada has the sixth largest number of unreached people groups in, in all the countries of the world. Uh, when I flew into um, uh, the airport uh, there in Toronto, I've been through through customs there. I mean, you walk in that room, and you know it's it's like a rainbow of of people that are in that room waiting to get into the country. Uh, I've I've traveled into uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, so all the way there to the to the easternmost province there, right. in the, the North Atlantic, there on the Rock. A uh, large number of Chinese students studying at uh, MUN, Memorial University, there in Newfoundland. Uh, all over Canada, incredible amount of diversity, incredible amount of opportunities for unreached people groups. What are you seeing in Toronto? Uh, what, what, who are the groups that you're seeing there as far as the UPGs and the unengaged unreached people groups in that city? Uh, J.D., it's, for me, it's overpowering, uh, coming from a uh, small state of Oklahoma to experience the kind of diversity that we see in front of us every day. Right here in our own neighborhood of Brampton, we have a family of Sikhs from the Punjab district of northern India living right next door to us. On the other side of us, we have a family of Hindu background people from a different part of India. Behind us, we have two Muslim background families. We have Filipinos. We have Russian-speaking people. We have Portuguese. 
we have um, people from um, different South Asian people groups also, a lot of people out of India here, Sri Lankans. Uh, we have identified as an organization so far our top 19 unreached people groups and are starting to write different personnel requests to try to get folks to be focused and champion those people groups. But um, I noticed the other day in some research statistics, there's at least 273 ethno-linguistic people groups represented in the greater Toronto area. And that's growing every year because there's just more and more people that are moving into this area. Just to give people, the listeners, uh, kind of some context, uh, Oklahoma Baptist University is located in Shawnee, Oklahoma, about 30 miles east of Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, let's pretend it has a population maybe of 400,000, give or take. Well, there's 400,000 people estimated to be immigrating into Canada starting three to five years from now. We're on a trend in that direction. Easily one-third of those are immigrating into the greater Toronto area every year. So we're seeing high-rise apartment buildings being built rapidly. There's, we live 20 miles from downtown Toronto, but even this far out in the suburbs, we have farmland, quarter sections, 160 acres that are just being sold right left to build houses, to try to house the influx of people that are coming in. And so it's incredible the mass of people that keeps moving in to the greater Toronto area. And like I said, 19 unreached people groups. Many of them are, are Muslim background or Arabic background, but also, as I already mentioned, a lot of people out of South Asia. Uh, one of our top uh, unreached people groups is uh, Moroccan Jews. I didn't know until we moved up here that there even was a, such a thing as Moroccan Jews. And so we're trying to figure out exactly where they're at in the Toronto area. And Somali Muslims, Somali Bantu, and Tibetans, uh, I think outside of New York City, Toronto has the second largest population of Tibetans on the planet outside of the country of Tibet. Same thing with Paul, from what I'm understanding. And I could just go on and on and on. These groups are mushrooming in size. And so God is positioning all these people groups here so that they can be accessed with the gospel and so that Jesus can access them here. So greater Toronto area, over well over 50% of the population non-Canadian born. I mean, over half the population of the city non-Canadian born. I'm sure, Chris, as a, as a white um or Anglo male, you have been uh, in many places where you've been in the minority. Absolutely. Yeah, I, re I remember finding myself in those locations, too, when I was visiting as well. Yeah, it's, it's a different dynamic. It's not scary because uh, people here treat each other with respect. With mm -hmm, right. And so there, there's, not, there's not any animosity between people groups, which is very refreshing. But our, our kids, uh, I think their second or third week of school came home one day. And they said, Dad, Mom, we just had this realization. We're, we're, we're just part of a handful of white Anglo people in our entire school. I said, well, how do you all feel about that? They said, well, we've actually had some of our friends talk about playing a game called Spot the White. And so, you know, that was, that was our kids telling us a cultural insight, you know, that we had not thought about in advance. Yeah, we're experiencing the very same thing ourselves. Well, tell us a little bit about kind of strategy, kind of what that is looking like uh, at this point in time. Uh, if, if folks were to come to join the team in the future, what, what what does that kind of practically look like? 
what it looks like right now is we're trying to build, build out, round out some processes, some framework, uh, some policy, some structure to where Global Gates Canada can grow organizationally as we add new uh, workers here. And so I've been in the process of writing different request for strategy coordinators, people who will champion a particular uh, unreached people group and build a team, especially of local believers here in GTA around themselves. Uh, we're working on uh, different processes to help volunteer short-term mission trip teams from wherever. We even have brothers and sisters in Russia that know we're here, and they said, we want to be a part of what's going over there uh, in Toronto to help you reach Slavic background people. So we're developing some tools and some procedures that will help prepare people to be a part of what's going on here. But, you know, some do's and some don'ts and things you need to read and be exposed to and things you need to be doing to engage those people groups before you ever drive here or get on a plane or a train or whatever. So we're working on all those processes right now and um, trying to gel as a team as far as uh, being out prayer walking together, reaching out, uh, assisting each other in, in getting in and doing street-level research, engaging people, going door-to-door. And so we're very excited about how things are starting to gel for our team, but we're also excited as we're starting to get people knocking on the door and showing some interest in possibly serving up with us here. But, uh, for example, I've written uh, four strategy coordinator requests already for the Somali Muslims, for Moroccan Jews, for the Tibetan people group, for uh, Punjabi Sikhs out of northern India. I'll be working more. Uh, the rest of this year, my goal is to write another um, personnel request of some kind each week on average this year. We have a lot of Arabic background groups, Muslim background groups. And so we're, we're doing those things, but we're also starting to connect with key local churches. And so we're trying to get Canadian believers on board with what we're doing here, but we're, we're very interested in people coming from where, wherever, wherever God would lead them to come join our team and help us champion what is happening here so that we can fulfill that spirit of Acts 17 and the spirit of Revelation chapter 7. Chris, if someone is wanting to either find out more about Global Gates Canada they maybe they're a pastor listening. They want to find out how they could they could help out, or maybe they're they're sensing that uh, the Lord could be leading them, leading their family to be involved in uh, disciple making and seeing churches birthed out of the harvest among unreached people groups in Canada. Uh, how can they get in touch with you? What would be the next steps for them in this in this journey in this process? For general information, they can go to our website globalgates.ca. And the vision is there, the mission, uh, there's different headings in the drop-down menus about how to get involved, whether that's as a volunteer, and we have people volunteering already with us on both sides of the border, helping us with different things we need to be doing uh, here in Canada. Uh, we also, uh, you can go to that website and then where it says get involved, there's a section there about join us as a missionary, and that's where we're listing all of our priority people groups. There's a lot of information there, statistics, uh, talking about each individual people group. We're starting to list those personnel requests that, that we're trying to promote so people can look at that. They can email me at uh, Christopher C, that's C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R, and then the letter C, at globalgates.ca. They can get in contact with me on also on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm posting a lot on Facebook with regularity about Global Gates work. So I can get a friend request there. Um, 
I can give my phone number if you say that's permissible or not. <laughs> Brother, it's uh, it's whatever you want to do. So uh, you you go right on ahead. Sure. Uh, if people want to call me, just remember we're on uh, Eastern Coast time here, uh, along with the East Coast of the state. And so my number here is two eight nine two three three nine eight three seven. If your if your phone plan allows you to call or text up here would be loving to hear from you and talk to you about how you can plug into what God's doing here. Well, brother, I am excited uh, for you. I'm excited uh, for Global Gates and incredibly thankful uh, that you're doing the work that you're doing uh, in uh, the GTA area uh, specifically, but all of uh, all of Canada as well. Uh, so so please, uh, please keep up, keep up the great work. Look forward to even hearing more for you uh, from you in the future. Sure appreciate it, J.D., and we appreciate your support for Global Gates. Well, my guest today on Strike the Match has been Chris Carr, who is the director of Global Gates Canada, and uh, I hope that you will take him up on that invitation to reach out to him to find out more about what they're doing and uh, how you can be involved in the process of making disciples, seeing churches planted uh, throughout uh, the country of Canada as well. Thanks again, Chris, for being with us. Sure appreciate it. Thanks, J.D. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Penn. You can find J.D. on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app or at iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.